<laughs> we are the temple within which he lives as the beauty of our lives hour of awakening and empowerment every tuesday and thursday from 7 p.m gmt 8 p.m gmt plus one till 8 30 p.m gmt 9 30 gmt plus one from Ethereum mission international uh, with one very simple objective and that is to help discover the true self that we should be presenting to the world and then when we figure out our true self we empower ourselves also to that effect today we are privileged once again and we're thankful to to life that is we're grateful to life for presenting to us the leader and founder of Ethereum machine himself brother ishmael tete uh, who's been a wonderful pivot uh, a wonderful mountain uh, a solid rock behind hour of awakening and empowerment without much ado let's welcome brother ishmael this very evening good evening daddy good evening how are we doing in divine victory i remember that one in divine yes. victory <laughs> <laughs> you know uh in 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 one of your books uh, i think uh, the way forward is it the 29th book or the 27th the way forward is the 22nd book 22nd okay all right uh, I think um, you said whatever happens to you, you either caused it or you allowed it to happen, right? We can't hear you. Um, whatever happens to you, you either caused it or you allowed it to happen. It's in there, isn't it? Correct. Excellent. Now, on that grounds, it is down to choice as to you accepting... Um, even if someone advises you, you have the choice to accept that advice and run with it or otherwise. So let me ask, on that premise, uh, there's been a lot of um, <laughs> hula baloo about something a gentleman in America said about slavery. On that same premise, can I, can I ask you, was slavery a choice? I believe what you could say, you either allow it, mm -hmm. you caused it, mm -hmm. or you allow it. Mm -hmm. So, if we have not caused it, we allowed it to happen. Because there are several ways we could have said, no, nobody prevented us from being investigative, from being curious to know what is really happening. Because there's a deep drive in the individual for selfishness, exploiting, taking more than enough and leaving the rest with less than enough. So somebody wanting money wouldn't mind selling somebody else. Yes, but the question is, how did you allow it or how did you cause it? So sometimes we cause it at a mental level, emotional level or physical level. And as we also studied the law of karma, you will discover that sometimes the cause even predates this lifetime. And if I will go into deep spirituality, I'll say, many of the slave masters have also become blacks in South Africa <laughs> hmm. during apartheid. And that is under topic by itself. And you recall recently, uh, there was a program, I, we saw it on social media, uh, somebody, scientists were making research to trace your uh, origin or your genealogy. 
That's right. Only for some people who will say, I hate Germans, I don't want to be a German, only to realize when they've done the blood test that their origin is from Germany. And some will say, I don't want, I hate to be a, a Spanish, and only to trace that they came from, from there. So that will tell you that the truth about life is we are all interconnected and interwoven. And what you think you are doing to hurt one person will eventually happen to you too, if not in this lifetime, as we study in the law of karma, which we shall study again, you have to re-experience it. All right. Thank you very much for that. But um, in the case of the very one who is captured, because um, slavery ran for about 400 years. Let's say someone was captured uh, 200 years after the beginning of slavery. To what extent was that a choice on that person who is captured 200 years after the beginning of slavery uh, to what extent was it a choice for him to be captured or not be captured? Um, the question is not quite straight because um, if even one day after slavery, beginning of slavery, or 400 years towards the end of slavery, the question is that, is that you you caused it or you allowed it. You caused it either mentally, emotionally, or physically. I recall a conversation between me and my late mom. And um, somewhere in her life, uh, a cousin of mine, or let's say my uncle's side, they lost some of their members. And it was reputed to my mother that she was the witch who was killing them. And the old lady had to come and live with me, lamenting all the good she had done for the family and why should somebody say that. And then I looked into her and said, Mom, is it not possible that you've also called somebody a witch or something? She said she never. But I said, during you give birth to nine children and three of them died very quickly, isn't it? Yes. So you did not allow me to grow with you. You did not allow my sister who came before me to grow with you. You want all of your children not to grow with you. Were you not thinking somebody was a witch? She said, oh, yes. By all means, as a human being, she would think that way. And I said, did you suspect some people? Did you quarrel with some people in your mind? Did you argue with them in your mind? Did you blame them? Did you insult them in your mind for being witches and possibly killing your children? Because you also lost three. And then she was quiet. And I said, all this could come together for you to experience what it is for somebody to be labeled a witch when the person is totally innocent. Does that answer you now? That's right. I got it right now. Thank you very much for that. Uh, the topic that have been sent around for today is is, is very captivating. It's very enticing. Uh, I think many people are wondering: Are you going to uh, talk to us about uh, we, we, when we were in school? We we, we did myself. Uh, are you going to do? Uh, a biography of Jesus Christ are you going to tell us where he was born uh, the kind of food the mom and the dad gave to him uh, the kind of games he played but many people are wondering exactly what you're going to be talking to us about Jesus the Christ so without much ado over to you brother Ishmael as you take us through this very enticing topic Jesus the Christ Hmm. Blessed is God, our God, creator of the heavens and the earth, 
Blessed is the power that has made it possible for me to be here this moment to share with you a topic that is very dear to my heart because I'm going to talk to you about my spiritual master and mentor, or let me say one of my spiritual masters and mentor, but the very closest one to me is the man I'm going to talk to you about. Beloved, I welcome you to the hour of awakening and empowerment and to the study of this master topic, Jesus the Christ. And as the topic stands, it says Jesus the Christ and purposefully not said Jesus Christ. This is Ethereum Mission, the Church for Spiritual Empowerment. Our vision is that of a unified world in which everyone is a catalyst that is activating and promoting the innate good in one another. And when each person is poised to call for the good out of the other person, that is empowerment. When I started by sharing with you that I am in divine victory, victory is not when you conquer somebody or dominate over somebody. It is when you win someone to his or her highest good. And that's what a three mission does, awakening you to your innate power. So the topic we're treating is Jesus the Christ. And once again, I'd like to entreat you to make time to re-listen to the topic, God, so you can discover the vastness of God. And if you want some support, we have two videos on my YouTube channel, Ishmael Tete, that you may watch on Awesome God by Ishmael Tete, so you really discover how vast God is. And Jesus told us, in the book of John 4, 24, that God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Spirit is what you do not see. But when it expresses, you see. Spirit pervades time, energy, space, and circumstance. So clearly, Jesus was teaching that God is not a person. And when you consider how vast God is, because God is the creative love intelligence in the atom, spreading all through every living, non-living thing, as sometimes we call them, to the ends of the ever-expanding universe. If all things are created from atom, of atom, then it tells us that if we can prove creative love intelligence in the atom, it is in all of life. We've gone through this amply, so I don't want to belabor it, but to summarize it, this earth we are living on is so vast that even though it is spinning right now a thousand miles an hour through space, so we are, we are never stationary. We are actually in the spacecraft flying through space. And also, speeding around the sun at the speed of 67,000 miles an hour, because it is so vast, we do not feel any giddiness. We still feel stability here. However, when you compare this vast, massive Earth to the universe that contains it, it is like a drop of water in a billion oceans brought together, if not more. So this Earth is just very tiny, and God is filling the entirety of the universe. That being so, if God has a son, we need to ask ourselves, can that son be just a human being on this drop of water on planet Earth. So when you know how vast God is, it makes you understand Scripture spiritually. 
And you are even able to edit scripture if you find something wrong in it. Now talking to you about Jesus, he was born with the name Yeshua, but he's been given an English name, Jesus. And we even adore him in the English white man's picture as a, the son of God. Um, in his name, Jesus, many good things are happening on planet Earth. <laughs> and many, many more bad things are happening. His name today is a commercial product. Add his name to anything and then you sell to make money. It's available in your shops, in your churches, in the corner of the streets. It has composed more music probably than any genre of music in the world. And it has lots of videos. I mean, mention that name, attach it to anything. And if you can put some semantics on it, you are going to even make money out of his name. I wonder how much money he had himself. Right. Now, let me share with you that uh, many dates in the days of Jesus and preceding him, we have even the Roman emperors who were also known as deities. And uh, Jesus is said to be born of a virgin. Uh, he lived, he had 12 disciples. He did many miracles, including raising the dead. He walked on water and uh, he died and resurrected. It is very important for us to know that uh, many deities in the days of uh, medieval times, the days preceding Jesus, were all known as Son of Man, Light of the World, Son of Righteousness, that is S-U-N of Righteousness, Bridegroom and Savior. So Jesus was not possibly the only one who was known as Savior, who was also known as Light of the World, or Son of Man, and so on. Let me give you a bit of history, because I feel very passionate about my master, uh, Jesus. In Egypt, around 3000 BC, there was Horus, who was born even on 25th December of a virgin Isis. He was adored publicly by three uh, kings from the east. At age 12, he was a child prodigy and teacher. He was baptized at age 30, had 12 disciples, performed miracles, including raising the dead and walking on, on water. He was killed, he was betrayed by a typhoon and killed, and then he resurrected. That's 3000 BC in Egypt. In Persia, uh, there was Mitra, who was born of a virgin on 25th December. That's around 1200 BC. He performed miracles, died, and resurrected. In Greece, there was Atis, who was born also on 25th December of a virgin. He performed miracles, died, and resurrected. Again, in Greece, around 500 uh, BC, there was another deity, Dionysus, who performed miracles, died, and resurrected. In India, we have Lord Krishna, who was born of the Virgin Devaki, performed miracles, died, and resurrected. With the exception of uh, Bhagavan, Bhagavan means Lord, with the exception of Lord Krishna of the Hindu faith and Lord Jesus of Christian faith, all of these names I have mentioned have receded into myths. And uh, the religions founded around these leaders of these faiths have um, all gone into extinction. So we only know that this happened, uh, who they really were, and many of the teachings are totally lost. 
So, beloved, it's important that we study Jesus within a context to know that he was not the only one who is said to have been born of a virgin. He did miracles, died, and resurrected. And I feel and believe that when we consider the teachings of Jesus so far, it's worth us preserving the legacy of Jesus. Whether he is just one of those myths or not, it's irrelevant. The important thing is there was Jesus, he lived, and he taught us something. And that's what I want this conversation to me about. If you are a Christian, please note that much as we herald our master Jesus so much, many people, many masters like him, who were said to have been born of virgins, did miracles, 12 disciples, walked on water, died and resurrected, their religions have gone into extinction. And today there's a possibility of Christianity also fading into nothingness. When you go to the Western world today, many don't go to church. If you find very big churches, mainly it's, it's by, by blacks. In America, of course, we have the Bible Belt where you see some great people going to church. We have had many scholars who have disputed the virgin birth of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, and that's not my take. Because when we discuss this topic, you will know why I do not make that a very important argument in my life. One of the recent ones who in 1984 argued that Jesus was born in the normal way like each one of us, was right Reverend David Jenkins. And you can really Google on him, right Reverend David Jenkins, a lecturer in theology at the University of Oxford. So we're not talking of a mean person. He was also the Bishop of Durham, that is the third in rank to the Archbishop of Canterbury. That's England's counterpart to the Pope. So Romans have the Pope, England has the Bishop of Canterbury as the highest spiritual uh, leader. And the third in rank to this highest spiritual leader of the Anglican faith made that statement. So myth or facts, Jesus was not the first purported to have been born of virgin who died, resurrected. And I do not want us to be in that argument, else we will miss the important part of our Jesus. Question, do you want these wonderful teachings of Jesus to also soon be regard, regarded as myth. You see, often names are put on things and you do not know whether the names are valid or not valid. For example, all religions other than Christianity and Islam are considered pagan, paganistic. And in fact, Christianity regards every religion that is not Christian as paganistic, and Islam regards every religion that is not Islamic as paganistic. And if all religions consider the people of other faiths other than themselves as pagans, then all religions are pagans and we are all pagans. <laughs> right. So, I chose the name, I, I said Jesus the Christ. And we need to ask, why do we say Jesus the Christ? Nobody will be named a doctor, lawyer, engineer at birth. But anyone may rise to become a lawyer, engineer, or doctor through learning, through discipline. The name of the man, as I said, was Yeshua, transformed into English to the name Jesus. In his days, he was known as prophet and rabbi, which means a teacher. In John 4.31, he was referred to as rabbi. 
in Matthew 2, 11, he was referred to as a prophet. So in the days of Jesus, in Judaism, they will not even have the word Christ because it was not even a Jewish word. Christ comes from the Greek word Christos, which means the anointed one. And uh, it is identical to Messiah. So the word Christ per se does not refer to anybody in particular. Many can attain to the level of being anointed, and Jesus also attained to that power of anointing. So the word Christ is the Greek version or the Greek um, replication of a Messiah. So I can clearly therefore share with you that Christ then is not a person. Christ is a title that is uh, labeled or conferred on anyone to whom we can say that this person is operating from his or her indwelling presence. So anyone who has awakened to his indwelling God presence could be described as Christ. So you are and when you are in that state, you are connected to God and you reveal your Christ nature of love. And uh, I'd like us to go through some, several readings for you to get this very clearly. Right. You recall Jesus in the book of uh, John 5, 19 saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also the Son likewise. Meaning, he was not Jesus, he was not the Christ, he was Christ, he was Jesus who was functioning from the Father within him, the Father that teaches through him, the Father who does the miracles through, through him. So awakening to that, he was Christ. So when you go through um, training, education, you learn medicine, it's conferred unto you that you are from today a medical doctor. So that is a title of a person who has attained the discipline of Christ's consciousness. There is also a school of thought that the Hindus, you know, Hinduism predates Christianity, and the Hindus used to chant Lord Krishna, Hare Rama, Hare Hare, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. You have chants like this, which means like a victory or honor to Lord Krishna. And those who were singing, they were singing and chanting with the drums, so they seem to be possessed. So when somebody is, seems, uh, is intoxicated with God, the person is usually described as Christa. That means God-intoxicated person. And Jesus could be described as God-intoxicated person. It's believed that the word Christos, even in the Greek, came from the Krishna followers who were singing these in the, in the Greek lands. So that's how even Christa or anointed comes into being. Now, many people... Uh, with the life of Jesus, the wonderment, the beauty of his life have made people to believe that he was God. Some are professing and promoting him that he is the very God itself. And it's very important that we discuss this before we go into what Jesus really stands for. Because promoting Jesus as the ultimate God of the whole universe, in order to know the vastness of the universe, you need to ask you, um, he was God of planet Earth, of Mars, of Jupiter, of Pluto, of uh, Goldilocks, was uh, God of the entire starry system in the Milky Way galaxy. He was God of the 100 billion galaxies in the discovered universe so far. 
Is that what you are saying? Because when we talk of the ultimate God, we're talking about the creative love intelligence that is pervading all of life from where you are to the ends of the ever-expanding universe. All right? Now, Jesus positioned himself uh, as a child of God. Sometimes he describes himself as a son of man, and we need to discuss all of this. Um, accepting that Jesus is the ultimate God will make you not strive to attain the Christ perfection that he has asked you to. So whether he was God or not, in Jesus' own words, Matthew 5.48, he said, Be you perfect even as your heavenly Father is perfect. So whether Jesus was God or not, question is, you need to be perfect as uh, your heavenly Father is perfect. And when Jesus said, Be perfect even as God is perfect, isn't telling you that he's referring to an entity different from himself. So we need to really get this very clear. Let me share a few scriptures that will really bring the message home for those who want to promote Jesus as God. Because often what I observe is that instead of awakening to your own Christ power as he awoke to his Christ power, many people just want to honor him, sing praises unto him, and even confer the absolute God nature to him. As though when they promote him and he becomes the president of the universe, they will get some ministerial appointments. Beloved, it is not so. Saying Jesus is God will not make you any good or, or, or bad. You need to study from Jesus and know what to do to live the righteous life that uh, pleases God. So simply, Jesus is not God. And here are a few scriptures that confirm this. In the book of Matthew 24, verse 36, uh, you recall, scriptures say, but about that day or hour knows no man, not even angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. When Jesus was speaking about his possible second coming, he made this statement, that of that day knows no man. In this quote, he describes himself as the Son, and if he is the ultimate God of the entire universe, how come he doesn't know all things? So clearly, he was saying that he wasn't the ultimate God. In Gethsemane, you recall the book of Luke 22, verses 44 to 45. Jesus was praying, and according to Scripture, he was sweating, and his sweat was, was red like blood, meaning he was in fear, he was panicking, and uh, he was asking God. Scripture reads it this way. And he was withdrawn from them about uh, a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. If he was the ultimate God, was the ultimate God afraid, sweating that much? That will tell you that, no, he would not be in distress. Ultimate God cannot be in distress. Jesus was pleading to a father different from himself. And there are many other scriptures that confirm this. When even scripture told us in John 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, it was telling you that two different things. In, see, let me put it into con context. In the beginning was the wave and the wave was with the ocean and the wave was the, the ocean. In the beginning was the, the light, and the light was with the sun, and the light was the sun. 
But that doesn't mean that every ray of light is the entirety of the sun. So sometimes we need to read the Bible spiritually. Else, when we take it literally, we get it uh, totally wrong. Again, in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus prayed, Father, the hour is come. Glorify your son, that your son may, your son also may glorify you. Again, he's speaking about two entities here, Father and then the son. In the days of Jesus, we come to discover soon that you dare not even teach or claim that you are son. And he himself, whilst he walked on the earth, made it clear that you shouldn't call anybody father. Only God is. You read that in the book of Matthew 23, verse 9. And do not call anyone on earth your father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. And that was Jesus on earth instructing that do not acknowledge anyone else as father. Do we go furthermore, Mark 10, 17 to 18, and Jesus started on his way. A man ran to him and fell on his knees before him and said, good master, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What was Jesus' response? He said, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. If Jesus was the ultimate God, was he saying that he was not even good? So clearly he was speaking of the ultimate God who is the only good, and he was Jesus. In the book of um, Hebrew 2 verse 9, it said that, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than angels. If he was the ultimate God, having his angels, was the ultimate God lower than his own angels that he created? And I can go on with several other. And even on the cross, he asked or he prayed and said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? If he was the ultimate God, did he forsake himself? Or was God anxious that he had been forsaken by himself? Hmm. So all this will tell you that Jesus is not God. Jesus is not God. And in the book of Luke 4, 43, he said, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therewith I am sent. Therewith I am sent means... There was a sender, and he was simply a messenger. And it's very important you know that. In the book of John 5.30, Jesus again said, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own by will of the Father who sent me. Clearly, he was telling you. So it doesn't matter what, what your pastor tells you, that Jesus is God or anybody say. I don't care what your pastor said. I don't care what even Paul said. I care only what Jesus said. What anyone said about Jesus and what Jesus said about himself, which one is true? John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. John 8, 28. And Jesus said unto them, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. In all of these scriptures, Jesus was acknowledging a superior power to himself. And that confirms that he never at any time himself described himself or suggested to anyone that he was the ultimate God in embodiment. In the book of um, John 14, 28, that sums it all. He said, the father who sent me is greater than I. So let the matter rest here. You see, all of us, when we are going through spiritual life, we go through several phases. In life, there was you, the infant babe. There was you crawling. There was you, the toddler. 
There was you, the youngster in puberty. There was you, the adult. We all go through similar spiritual phases in our spiritual journey. So in phase one, for example, of Jesus, in the spiritual evolution, there was a Jesus who was the aspirant, who will say that I can of my own self do nothing. That's John 5, verse 19 to 30. I can of my own self do nothing means there's no me, Jesus, but there's another power that does the work through me. In phase two, you will discover Jesus will say that I have meet the world knows not of, meaning he was now in possession, in divine connectivity with this power. I have meat means I have supply, I have sustenance, I have life that the world knows not of. The life I live is no more dependent on material observations or possessions. In the third phase is the awakening. When you come to full God realization, then you'll be able to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That statement has caused great confusion for many people, and I will therefore seek to address it briefly. So, whatever Jesus claimed for himself, he claimed the same thing for you too. So before he even made the claim that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he also taught you that you are the light of the world, a city that is built on a hill cannot be hidden. That's Matthew 5, verses 14 to 15. You are the light of the world. Light shows the way. Light brings out the truth. City set upon a hill means you are the capital city to the nation of God. In the olden days, capital cities were sited on hills so they can spot when an enemy was coming. So Jesus was telling you in effect that you are also the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by you. When you are waking to your indwelling Christ's presence, the Father that works in and through you, because you agree with me that the Father is in each one of us too. Romans 8.16 says that child of God, and we are all joined as with Christ. In other words, we have the same beginning and possibilities of Christ. So you are described as child of God and joined as. Joined as means that we have equal right to the power we choose to call God. And here he's talking about about two different powers, joint heirs, as we inherit from somebody, and here it is God. So we can see from the, this analysis that Christ is simply divine love or God consciousness, awakening to the God presence within you. The moment that you open your heart and mind to receive or believe in his name, his name means in his consciousness, what he stands for, or what he stood for, you transform from the son of man to the son of God. You transform from the son of man whose breath is in his nostrils to the son of God who is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's what I want to welcome you into. And then you have experienced the true spiritual baptism. The true spiritual baptism, you can then say you are born again. So every born again person should be able to say, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. This state is not lip service. It comes by discipline. Though we heard nothing much of Jesus' life from age 12 to 30, at least the book of Luke 2, 52 tells us that he was increasing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. The word increase means he was adding to. So he was adding to his knowledge 
adding to his health and vitality, that is Thatcher, and also in favor with God and man means adding to his God connectivity. To be in the, in the a favor book of somebody means you know how to relate well with the person. He learned how to relate with God, to experience God fully. And this is telling you that he was then practicing something. He was going through disciplines. At least if we heard nothing of him in all of his life, he started his ministry with a 40 days fast. Nobody can just get up and do a 40 days fast without previously practicing it. Athletes will always want to practice before going to the track. So Jesus spent 18 unknown years preparing himself for a three years mission. And there's a great wisdom in that. I tell people that do it like Jesus. Um, spend nine months preparing to build and then three months in building. So you spend less. But if you don't plan well, then you build and break, build and break. You will waste a lot of money. So attaining to this Christ requires you dying daily to the self. As Galatians 2 verse 19 to 20 told you, that you have to die daily to the carnal self through the process of giving yourself as living sacrifice of God. Romans 12, 1. In that state, you cease to live, and then you can, like Paul, then say, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth my life for me. Galatians 2, 20. When you no more living, but the indwelling power presence that we choose to call Christ is living in and through you, then there's no you. That Christ within you is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God's experience, but by the awakening of their own indwelling Christ presence. So, the literal translation of um, the way, the truth, the life, as John fourteen six, has caused a lot of confusion where people will go to profess, Jesus is the only way. Question, and so what? If he's the only way, what way is it? What, what is the way? Is the way his person, his body? Then we have never seen his body. Is, is, is the way the name Jesus? Then he was not even called Jesus. As I've explained to you, his real name was Yeshua. So what of Jesus is the way? Obviously, it is his consciousness. It is the Father within him. As he himself will put it that I cannot my own self do nothing but of the Father within me. So it is not really important to say he is the way, the only way, the only Savior. If he is the, the only Savior, what did he say we should do? We shall soon come to some of the things he said we should do so that you can ask yourself whether you are doing them. Because doing them is what is important. In the response by somebody calling him good master, uh, that's Mark 10, 18, Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good save the Father. Clearly, he was stating that uh, he was like any other person. He makes mistakes like any other person. And only the righteous Father, Mother, God, the indwelling presence is absolute goodness. John 5.30, I can of my own self do nothing out of the Father within me. Again, telling you that what is the way is the Father within him. And uh, Jesus taught of this indwelling presence in the book of Luke chapter 17, verses 20 to 21, when he taught you that the kingdom of God is within you, meaning the power, love, and the very presence of God is within you. The Father is within you, indwelling you with the full power of the Christ. 
This was confirmed in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3.16. That do you not know that you are the temple of the living God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? What dwells in you when you are waking to it is the Christ. The Spirit of God that dwells in you is called Christ. So you are the way, the truth, and the life. And the way, the truth, and the life is therefore not exclusive to one person. It is the nature of all people who will awaken to their own indwelling Christ's presence. Because scripture says that the Spirit of God dwells in you. When you awake to it, then you are Christ. Yes, Christ's indwelling presence within you is the way, the truth, and the life, and you have to wake up to it. Another issue is the following Jesus and his teaching is so much talk about he's coming again as though he's coming something terrifying. Be afraid. He is coming again. The second coming of Jesus. Well, is it to instill fear in us? It's as though something terrible would happen. But if Jesus is a master of love and is coming again, I am ready for him because I want more love of Jesus. Jesus is coming again, so when? If Jesus in his own words said in the book of Matthew 16, verse 28, that verily I say unto you, there be some standing here, which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And it's over 2,000 years since Jesus shared this, and no man is 2,000 years old, and we still have not seen him coming. So when Jesus talked about his king coming, Obviously, he was meaning that it was coming very shortly. It was coming within the lifetime of some people. Of that day and hour, knows no person, but it will happen in the lifetime of some people who were standing here. Because said, Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste death. So they see the Son of Man coming in this kingdom. The kingdom might probably have already come and you do not even know it. Mm-hmm. In the book of Matthew 10, 23, he said, When they persecute you in this city, flee to another, for assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Going through Israel today will take you just maybe a day with an aircraft or with a, a car or let's say a week at most. But in the days of Jesus, maybe using camel and asses and horses, maybe it may take you five years or ten years or twenty years to go through the cities of Israel. So again, Jesus was telling you, you that the coming will come, will occur in a much shorter time than 2,000 years. It takes much, much less time to travel today. But the days of Jesus, probably um, a year, let's, say, let's even assume that, 30 years to travel the whole cities of Israel. So Jesus was not meaning that after 2,000 years he will come. And if Jesus will come, why don't you prepare yourself with the holiness of your soul to meet him? So that if he will come, he will come to meet a holy reflection of himself. And if he won't come and you have to go and meet him, you will also be a, the, the holy God glorious to you to go and meet him. And I'll tell you, many people experience their awakening. Jesus was right. So when Jesus speaks, please note, he was a spiritual master and adept. So he was speaking spiritually, and he was true. Otherwise, we'll say he was lying, because it's 2,000 years, and you have not come. 
And you say there are some standing here. But many experienced their Christ in their lifetime. Saul, on the way to Damascus to persecute Christians, was transformed. He got his Christ awakening and was transformed from Saul into Paul, the great teacher of Christianity. Peter also had his revelation of the, the Christ and surrendered totally to teaching the message of Jesus and would not even want to be crucified in the same way that his master Jesus was crucified. He wanted to be crucified uh, upside down. So the second coming of Jesus is not the coming of a perfect man. It is the awakening, you yourself awakening to your God perfection. In the same light, we have so many conversations about Jesus being the savior of the world. <clears throat> and salvation is one of the major reasons why people go to church and the same thing even in, in Islam. Just what is salvation? And why do you need it? Until you know that, you will not know even if you are in the right place for salvation. The first proposal of salvation says that you were created in God's spiritual image and likeness. But the devil outwitted God and made man to fall. So for the sin of your great-great-grandparents, Adam and Eva, almighty, most loving God has tagged you for hell. You are doomed for hell unless you are saved in the name or blood of his special son, who the world now calls Jesus. And Jesus is said to have paid the price for all of our sins to an absolutely loving God. Naturally, when you listen to this, it tells you that how can God need uh, somebody to pay the price if he's an absolutely loving God? When he created us in his own image and likeness, obviously, this is not making spiritual sense and you will not want to follow that proposal. That for the sin of Adam and Eve, you are suffering. And uh, the scheme of proposal is that you were created in God's image and likeness, but in sin to be saved. You know, David made a prayer in Psalm 51, and in sin did my, did my mother conceive me. And that was because David took Uriah's wife and had Uriah killed in the battlefield. And when the prophet Nathan came and painted a picture of the enormity of his crime, David made a prayer in Psalm 51, and a portion of his states, and in sin did my mother conceived me. Since that has become the mantra of many people, we are all created in sin. And I wonder how that is matching with Genesis 1 that says that God created us in his image and likeness. And God's image is not sinful. So we are either going by uh, Psalm 51 verse 5 or by the beginning that God created us in his image and likeness. Under reading, that makes people know that the uh, thing Jesus is the Savior is that, uh, that of uh, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave up his only begotten son to be uh, killed as an atonement for the sins of humanity. I mean, that paints a bloodthirsty God. And let me paraphrase that reading. For God so loved the world that he gave up his only begotten son to be slaughtered in sacrifice to him so that the rest of his children will be saved. So what type of God is that? Like a father saying, 
this my holy, precious, fair son. Kill him so that by his blood I will save the rest of you. When you mention his name and blood, then his blood will cover you so that I can no more see your sins. I will see only his righteousness and receive you into uh, heaven. And it means that God was, is now trying to even cheat the devil who people say is taking away God's children. So he's now saying, take the, the blood, pour the blood over you, and then I will pardon you. Oh, no, that cannot be. Every day, 400,000 children are born on the planet. And uh, two thirds of them to parents, other than Christian parents, are they all doomed to hell unless they discover Jesus and mention the name? Then why did God create them where they were created? That creates a wicked God. God created all people on earth, and then he engages an arch enemy, the so-called devil, in battle to win some of them to heaven. And he hopes to win the battle and to roast those who will follow the devil together with the devil in, in hell. And when you read scriptures like 2 Thessalonians 1 verses 8 to 9, Revelation 21, 8, Matthew 25, 46, Revelation 14, 11, Revelation 20, 13 to 15, it gives this type of picture of God having lost control and now he's, he is going to punish all those who go with the devil. Now, when he could not fight the devil in heaven, why should he cast him to the planet? Why will a loving <clears throat> landlord sack a wicked tenant from his house to the palace he has built for his precious children? That cannot be God. Obviously, when you know how vast God is, you will know that all this should have spiritual meaning, else they do not make any sense for our application. Yes, we have all seen and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 23. And that means that we were first of the glory of God, we have missed the, the mark, and we need salvation. <clears throat> mm -hmm. <clears throat> so yes, we have all seen and come short of the glory of God, meaning we have all we're all of the glory of God. We have missed the mark, functioning less than our God glory and potential. And we therefore need support for us to be restored into the God glory that we are created in, according to Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Created in God's image, we're, blood, we're created in God's image, we're blessed to amplify God's image. When God blessed us and said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and be in dominion. So you are blessed with the original blessing. And what God has blessed, nothing can curse. You can put off the coat of ignorance and awaken to your Christ nature. So if we have a savior, the savior will God, to the glory of God. So now let's get Jesus to see. Was that his mission to restore us to the image and likeness of God? So whether he was God, whether he will come again or whatever, what was his mission? What did he say we should do? That is what must be important. What was his mission? If you are sick, a doctor makes you whole. If you are evil, a holy man awakens you to your divinity. He will not come to cover your sins with his holiness or to blindfold God. He wouldn't come to cover you with his blood to blindfold God and sneak you into heaven. He will come and awaken you to your God glory. So we come to study the missions of Jesus. 
mission one. Scripture is very clear about this, that Jesus started his ministry by teaching that the kingdom of God is at hand, Matthew 4, 17. The kingdom of God is at hand means it's within your reach, meaning you can soon arrive at your God glory. Then the first prayer he taught, the Lord's prayer, the first request in that Lord's prayer was, thy kingdom come. That tells us that the master came on a mission to teach the kingdom of heaven. And he made it then clear in the book of Matthew 6.33, that seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things else shall be added unto you. Matthew 6.33. Then in Matthew 13, he gave eight parables showing the devotion, the dedication it takes to experience the kingdom of heaven. The surrender that it takes. In the book of Luke 4.43, he said, I must go to the other cities also and teach them of the kingdom of heaven. For to this end I was sent. Clearly, Jesus came to teach of the kingdom of heaven. So when they didn't ask him the obvious question, Master, when will this kingdom come? Then he answered in the book of same Luke chapter 17, verse 20 to 21, that the kingdom of God is not coming with observation for you to say, here it is or there it is. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Indwelling you is a full power presence of God. Indwelling you is the love, joy, peace, wisdom, creativity of God. Where do these things come from? From within you. Peace, love, joy, wisdom, creativity, order, perfection, intelligence, they all come from within you. So Jesus was teaching you that you must start knowing how to go to the kingdom of God within you. So is your church teaching you that the kingdom of God is within you? If your church does not teach you that, probably does not know that indwelling you is the kingdom of heaven, then you are in the wrong church. You are in the wrong place. Either you are waking them or leave that church and look for the place that will teach you that the, the kingdom of God is within you. Because if they don't know the kingdom of God is within you, they will not know how to give you the keys to unlock the kingdom of God, the places of God potentialities in you. They wouldn't know how to teach you. But if they know the kingdom is within, then all of their focus will be in what way do we activate the software of God's power and possibilities in us. So the first mission of Jesus was divine empowerment. And that also happens to be the first objective of Jesus. Uh, the first objective of an Ethereum mission. You were created in God's image and likeness, Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And we have sinned in Genesis 3, 1 to 17. And we have to, to, to be saved. We have to be saved back or be restored into God's image and likeness. The kingdom of God is within you means the image and the likeness of God is within you and you can activate it. So that teaching restores you to God's kingdom and glory. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and Jesus restores you to the glory of God. So you have to awaken to the indwelling kingdom. If they don't know it, they can't teach you it. Second objective of Jesus. So they asked uh, him several questions in one, in one of his teaching in Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23. He said, not all those who say, Lord, Lord, not even those who heal and do miracles in my name, shall experience eternal life or the kingdom of heaven. For in that day, some of you will say, Lord, I healed in your name, did miracles in your name, prophesied in your name, 
and I will say, I do not know you, workers of iniquity. So that, why will Jesus support you do all of these miracles and say, I don't know you? It means you are not of the consciousness. All you are doing is just charlatan play. You are not of his consciousness. You may, probably by some means, even the form when you know the laws of the mind, you can perform seeming miracles. And that has nothing to do with Jesus anyway. That's what Jesus is telling you in the book of Matthew 7, 21 to 23. So, if not all those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who do the will, the question then is, what is this will of God? And when they asked him in the book of Mark chapter 12, verses 29 to 31, he answered by first declaring oneness as the will of God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. And quickly added, and thou shalt love this God with all of your heart, all of your might, and your neighbor as yourself. Obvious question. We know God. I know myself, but who is this neighbor? When they asked him, Jesus gave them the parable of the good Samaritan. That is Luke chapter 10, verse 29 to 37. And in that parable, I call it the affront, because to tell Jews who were arch enemies to Samarians due to the cultural and religious differences was an affront by a young 30 to 33 year old boy of those days. But Jesus was teaching oneness, that you must love the Samarians, the man of the other culture and the other faith as yourself. As Christians, are you loving Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, and even in Africa, your own African traditional religions, are you loving them as yourself? Or you are demonizing them? If you don't love them as yourself, Jesus is saying you have missed the mark. So declaration of oneness cut across tribe, religion, or culture. And he didn't end there. He demonstrated oneness in the book of uh, uh, John 4, verses 4 to 24, encounter with the woman of Samaria. First of all, going to the land of Samaria was an abomination. Jews would not go to their land. Because as you read John 4, verse 4 to 24, the Bible says, because Jews have no dealings with Samarians. And when we talk about no dealings, it means real enmity. You know in Ghana, some 50 to 70 years ago, some tribes would not marry from the other tribe due to tribal enmity. Now, if you go back 100 years, 200 500,000 years, 2,000 years, you can now imagine the degree of the enmity. That was the degree of the enmity that was existing between Samarians and Jews due to cultural and religious difference. So Jews will not go to Samarian land. Jesus dead. He broke down those barriers. Every barrier that separates us, Jesus came to break them down. He was in the land of Samaria, breaking down the barrier. That was an abomination. Speaking to that woman, a likely pro- prostitute, abomination too. Prophets in those days wouldn't speak to women of that caliber. This gender barrier, Jesus came to break it down. Asking for a water in the Samarian well. I mean, the well is like the soul of the people, the uh, heart of the people. A well in the dead place is like the soul and heart of the people. And Jesus was then therefore in the heart and the soul of the people, abomination three. Then he further went on and even mixed with them and taught them abomination four. Because the master came to break down all of these barriers. It was risky to do what he did. 
if you can imagine it. Our 4,000 years of enmity, and he alone stood against it. He says, oneness is your church teaching you oneness to love all people, irrespective of their race, creed, or culture. If not, then you have missed it. All righteousness without oneness is nothing but the created malicious evil. And when, so Jesus taught oneness, he demonstrated it, and when even Peter, upon whom Jesus said he would build his church, would have practiced segregation, he had a revelation in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 10 to 35. In the revelation, he had so many animals coming, the word of God came to him and said, kill and eat. He said, no, I can't touch anything unclean. Word of God came to him in the revelation that don't call anything God has uh, uh, created unclean. Who are you to call anything unclean? Let us leave judgment to God. And he came to the conclusion, the verse 35, that God is no respecter of persons, but that in every nation, whoever does his will is accepted of him. If Jesus will teach oneness in his life, demonstrate it in John 4. And after his death, would even cause a revelation to his is disciple, then that will tell you that oneness is mission number two and very important to Jesus. So Jesus prescribed this and even went on to tell you that love your enemies, bless those who curse you. You have heard, it's been said unto you, that love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I say, read the whole book of Matthew chapter 5, I love it. I encourage you to get my book, The Fountain of Life. Because I'm teaching all this from my book, The Fountain of Life, the main textbook of Ethereum Mission. And I've explained in that book, the, uh, but I say unto you, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, you have heard, but I say, meaning there's a new way, a new paradigm, the Christ way. So Jesus will tell you in Matthew 11, 11, that all the prophets until John, John is the greatest, but in the kingdom of heaven, he's the least because John was not of the thinking of oneness. He was not in the Jesus consciousness of divine empowerment. And until you have these two, you must know then that heaven has ranks. If there are ranks and someone is higher than John in the kingdom of heaven, then there are ranks. And where you will be will be determined by you embracing the consciousness of divine empowerment and oneness. Again, the third objective of Jesus was to teach cultural self-respect and dignity. Mm -hmm. In fact, the book of uh, Romans uh, 12, 18, and Ephesians 4, verses 4 to 6, all go to tell you the importance of living in uh, oneness. And out of it, if you are living in oneness with yourself, then you will agree then that you will respect you and respect others too. Variety is the nature of life. Everybody's nose is different, meaning we all have different cultures. Must I hate you because of the shape of your nose? If no, why must I hate you because of your religion or culture? Variety is life. Else there will be only one person on the planet. We are here to celebrate variety and not use variety against ourselves. Hence, we are variety in people, in gender, in cultures. And we are to celebrate all as our lives. So in the book of Matthew uh, 5, Verse 17, Jesus said, I came not to destroy the old covenant, but to fulfill it. He didn't come to destroy the Old Testament or the culture, though he stood against some of the teachings because 
the culture is all boiling down to some goal. I have come to fulfill it means I have come to show you what to do to experience the goal of your culture. If your culture is love, then there is a way to practice that culture for you to experience the goal of the culture. And one way is then to love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to them who hate you, pray for the good of those who despitefully use you and persecute you. Is your church doing that or do they bind their enemies? If they do, please know that righteousness cannot wish evil on the evildoer. And any church that curses the enemy is actually an accursed church. And you better look for a Jesus Christianity church like a theory mission. So in the book of Matthew 5, 17, Jesus thought that I've not come to destroy the old covenant, but to fulfill it. And in the book of Mark 1, verse 40 to 44, Jesus healed a leper. And there's a ritual for cleansing lepers. When lepers are healed, there's a ritual to do to declare them now healed so they can now mix up with people. So Jesus, in alignment with he, not to destroy the old covenant, told this healed person to go and perform the ritual of Moses, which you can find in the book of Leviticus chapter 14, verses 3 to 7. In the ritual, you take two beds, you kill one and put the blood in the basin of herbs and water, then take the living one and dip it in the, in the bloody water and cleanse the man of leper and the man of leprosy or previous man of leprosy and then set that bed free. And I believe that looks very much like a lot of the rituals you see in African traditional uh, ceremonies. Jesus prescribed it. And nobody can tell you that because he has died, that same ritual that he prescribed is now evil. And he observed even his own festivals, including the Passover. Matthew 26, verse 18, he even directed that we must remember him. Whenever we celebrate the Passover, are we celebrating Passover? Mostly no. But for most people, we are rather celebrating Christmas, that is Saturnalia of Rome, and we are ignoring even the festivals that Jesus himself celebrated. Today, in the name of Christianity, we have been labeled as evil, demonized our cultures as evil, your name is evil. Your skin color is evil. You have to change your name to have English name to be accepted by God. I grew up knowing that when you want to pray something serious to God, you have to pray it in uh, Latin. If it's not too serious, you pray it in uh, uh, English. But God hates vernacular. God hates your local language. We have been silently, surreptitiously being brainwashed with hate ourselves. Africa. We are not making it because we have been negated from ourselves. And that's why we will even have our PhDs and still cannot think creatively and progressively. Sometimes they will tell you that, oh, our cultures and festivals are correct, but the libation. Who told you that praying to God, pouring water on the ground is evil? Or pouring alcohol on the ground is evil? Who told you that? Same Bible teaches you in the book of Numbers 28, verse 7, that you must pour a gallon full of strong drink into the holy place as a drink offering to God. 
So when you pour the drink on the ground and pray, it is called libation, and yours is tagged as evil. But when it's done in the Bible, it's called drink offering, and it is done in almost every culture. In fact, when even they are adoring sheep, they break the champagne to pour the drink on the ground. And you've seen this several times. You can Google it and, and see. So when it's done by the some other race, let me be very split here, by the Caucasian race, it is okay. But done by you, it is evil. Recently, we have a Caucasian film actor. Uh, we've using the, the people are using the picture, his picture as the picture of Jesus. He came out and said, I'm not Jesus. And people were angry. You want to have a white Caucasian as Jesus. That is not to say that Caucasian rituals and festivals are wrong. But I'm saying that we must respect our culture as much as we respect theirs and not negate you in preference of another. Because negating yours in preference of another is an insult to your God. You are saying God did not do mine well. Everything sweet is brofo akutu, brofo apadu. Brofo akutu means uh, white man orange. Brofo akutu means white man's banana. Brofo nkatiye means white man's uh, peanut, and so on. And they even tell you that if you are going to church and you see the white man go home, you've seen God. And we have grown up with such a belief system. How can we make any progress? We are now colonized mentally. I'm here to set you free and be free now. Africa is divided systematically into 54 nations, mainly by the powers that be. Mm -hmm. So, beloved, we're going through all of this for you to know that truly, yes, we have a savior in Jesus. But savior means fulfilling the three objectives that he came to teach. Divine empowerment, awakening to your indwelling God presence, oneness of life, recognizing your oneness with every human being, irrespective of race, creed, or culture, whether they hurt you or not, whether they are your enemies or not. Some pastors even find it difficult to believe that Jesus said that, bless your enemies. They asked, did he mean that? I said, what else? Because he went on to say that, if you greet only those who greet you, love only those who love you, what benefit have you? That's Matthew 5, 43-46. And it's only in doing this that you become a child of God. If you don't do this love, you are not a child of God. So if you are going to a church that is not teaching you this, it is de-enfranchising you from being a child of God. So, what did Jesus say? What else did Jesus say that we should do? Yeshua, Jesus, came to awaken humanity to their divinity. And in summary, here are some of the things that he said. We'll do if I'll mention them all, we will not finish. He said, All power and glory of God is within you. That's what he confirmed in the book of Luke, chapter 17, verse 20 to 21, when he said that the kingdom of God is within you, meaning God and his whole kingdom is within you, meaning you and God are one. The wave and the ocean are one. The wave is not the ocean, but the wave and the ocean are one. The ray of light from the sun is not the entire sun, but the ray of light from the sun is one with the sun. We are all created by God and of God. Genesis 1-1 tells you in the beginning, God. So all things are from the big bang of God. So we are all units of God. In the book of Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. 
let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do your good works. What value is there when you do good works to those who do good to you? Do your good works to the good ones and to the bad ones, for God sends his son and his reign on the good and on the evil. This is a to-do. It's a let your light, let your goodness, let your love, let your joy, let your peace, let your wisdom shine before men. That when they see somebody will say, thank God. And when by you somebody says, thank God, you have become God glorified. Light shows the way. So Jesus is saying, be the way. And then Jesus again told you that like all men, you can do even more than I have done. You can be more loving, more kind, more joyous, more tolerant. John 14, 12. Most assuredly I say unto you, he who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also, and greater works than this will he do, because I go to my Father. To believe in Jesus is to be and live like Jesus. Again, Jesus told you that you are God. What I've already explained. That's John 10, 34. Is it not really written in your law? I said, ye are God. And then, Scripture confirms it further even in 1 John 4, 4. The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That the real you, the spiritual you, is far greater than anything else. So awaken to that spiritual you. This is further confirmed that you are the holiness of God in Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. That tells you to put away the former conversation of the old man after deceitful lust and put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You are the righteous holiness of God. When you keep announcing, I'm sinner, I'm sinner, I'm sinner, you remain a sinner. Keep affirming your holiness. I'm created in God's image and likeness. I'm created in God's image and likeness. The love of God is here as me. The peace of God is here as me. I can express greater love than the love I expressed yesterday. I can express greater peace than the peace I expressed yesterday. Over time, you begin to exude the energies of love and peace. And then Jesus said, practice love as God's commandment. He made it clear, John 13, 34 to 35. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Are you doing this? Even as I have loved you. Do you know what that means? That was Jesus in getting money. A man had come to arrest him to be killed. And when the man was wounded, Jesus loved the man who was there to have him killed, that he could even heal the ear of the person. As I have loved you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. He knew the disciples would betray him. He washed their feet, meaning, I have forgiven you your sins before you do the sin. Before you betray me and do anything against me, I have already forgiven you. That is love. To live and have somebody to forgive means you are carrying burden of pain. And Jesus said, love, even as I've loved. Forgive the world before the world even betrays you, before they persecute you, before they prosecute you. Forgive them before they even do you harm. 
That is the way to love as Jesus loved. If you do that, then whether he's coming second time or third time, you will meet him well because we are doing his commandment. The same John 14, verse 15 say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So don't sing praises to Jesus when you are not doing what he said. Jesus, I love you, and you are not doing what he said. John 15, verse 4 to 5, he said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is very deep. Allow Jesus' consciousness to abide in you. Jesus wasn't saying you must, uh, you must physically allow him to come and, and, and stay inside you. It means his thinking, his way of life, his style must be in you. You must express this. So you abide in him and he abides in you. Very clear. Let the world see Jesus in you. Do it, be it like Jesus. That's what he was teaching you. Very clear. And it's further confirmed in uh, same Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 to uh, 12, that you shall abide in, in, in me. And then in Matthew 15, 14, he said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So not singing praises to Jesus and dancing in church to entertain God, but it is doing what he has asked you to do. This I command you, that you love one another. John 15, 17. So several times he was asking you to do this. Again, he told you that exude with your Christ spirit. Matthew 5, 6, 16. Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven, your indwelling God presence. Again, Jesus taught you that keep the family bond. And I love this. That's Matthew 5, 22 to 24. He said, if you get angry with your brother, you are guilty before the, the court. Um, and whosoever says to his brother, you are good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever shall say you fool shall be guilty enough to go to hellfire. Therefore, if you are offering your offering to the altar, and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave the, the offering there, go and make amends. Are you quarreling with a sister, a brother? You are guilty of hellfire. Because every evil you are thinking of the brother, you see, you are sharing the same blood, the same genes. Also, you are sharing the same spiritual genes. So every hatred you are having against that brother is against you. You are actually binding you into hell. Your self-created hell. And I can go on giving you many things Jesus has told us to do. Find them and do them. As recorded in Matthew 6, uh, 1 to 4, that do not sh make a show of righteousness, I'm fasting, I'm doing this, or, but do it all from within you. In Matthew 7, 1 to 29, he advised, judge not as you are judged, condemn not as you are condemned. Let's leave judgment to God. Who is righteous, not righteous? Who is following God, not following God? Don't be the Pharisee pointing fingers, you are not doing this, you are not doing that. Focus on yourself. Be Jesus alive. And if you want to follow me, 
He said in Matthew 16, verse 24, that if you wish to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your own cross and follow me. That self that is so proud, thinking it is, it is better than everybody else, deny that self. That self that is easily hurt and wants to hurt people. That self that wants to take all the booty and leave the rest of the world with nothing. And then, in the book of Matthew 18, 21 to 22, Jesus said, do this. Forgive infinitely. You know, Peter was tricking him. Master, how many times should I forgive? Seven times. His head seven. <laughs> um, up to seven times, Jesus, uh, Peter will say, Jesus said unto him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. By the time you will count, you have lost count. So in other words, forgive infinitely, forever. Are you forgiven? Some parents have even got problems with their children. Some children have problems with their parents. They don't see their parents in, in years, bearing grudge. And yet they call themselves Christians and they go to church. Christianity is not a way of doing certain things. It is a certain way of doing all things. It is this doing. Again, Jesus told you that embrace all. That is not against me. The disciples came and said, we heard some good, somebody healing in your name, and we rebuked him. If somebody is practicing love, he is of Jesus. Whether the person calls himself Christian or not, Christian is not Jesus' language. And finally, once again, he said, bless even your enemies. Is your church doing that? Or you go and bind your enemies. Matthew 5, 43 to 46. Righteousness cannot wish evil on an evildoer. It is only accursed people who will curse their enemies. If you are in the church that binds their enemies, once again, I want to tell you, you are then in the wrong place. Live at once. But this is even further confirmed in Romans uh, 12, uh, 10 to 20, which advises you not to, uh, uh, not to repay evil for evil, but rather feed your enemies when hungry and give them drink when tested. Such is the power and love of us as true governors of the universe. Also confirmed in First Thessalonians 5, verse 15, see that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all people. Again, First Peter 3, 9, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead, for you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. So if you don't bless, you cannot inherit the blessing. How do you go to God and say, oh God, cast these my enemies who were created in your image and likeness. Destroy these enemies, your children, these children of yours who were created in your image and likeness, who are disturbing me, kill them for me. How do you go to God for, with such a prayer? That's what you are doing. Blind leading the blind. So, beloved, I'm teaching you what Jesus said we should do. We have known Jesus now. If you are following me so far, then I know that you are now one with me in Jesus. That he was born possibly in the same way like us, and whether he was born special or not is not important. If Jesus is special, he was born of a virgin, he died, resurrected, that means that makes it more imperative that we must listen to all the to-dos I have listed and do them. 
And for you to live the life, just always ask yourself. When you are confronted with any pain or confusion or any situation of discord, do I love like Jesus? Am I doing it like Jesus? Do I love like Jesus love without judgment and condemnation? And that will put you to check. But right now and always you can give yourself time to allow your eyes to close and then ask these questions to yourself and answer them faithfully for at least a week. What is the mind of Jesus like? Bible tells you, Philippians 2, 5 to 6, that let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who during the form of God did not count it robbery to be equal with God. The mind that makes you equal with God. That mind. What was the mind in Jesus? It's a mind that makes him feel equal with God. What is that like? Equal with God's love, God's joy, God's peace, God's wisdom. And come to the awareness that through me, God's beauty and love will be seen on earth. What will Jesus' focus be today? What will Jesus be focusing on today? Meditate on this to start your day. What things can I do like Jesus? What quality of love can I give like Jesus? What quality of peace, wisdom can I give like Jesus? And these are the ways of processing you so you start embodying Jesus. So Jesus is now seen in you. Beloved, this is the theory mission, the Church for Spiritual Empowerment. I encourage you to get the book's Fountain of Life. Another powerful book is Mission of Jesus Revealed. Second edition is just out. And then Christ's Foundation Ministry. So you study and know Jesus. You know how to allow Jesus to function in you as you. Then Christ seen in you, you are Christ revealed. This is Ethereum Mission in Ghana. We are located in Sakaman, South Odoko, next to the Goyal Filling Station. Our phone numbers are 0264-177-633 and 0548-177-633. I encourage you to look for us and start your journey of Jesus. So I'm presenting you the living Jesus, not the Jesus in whose name and blood you curse and bind enemies. Awaken to the to-dos of Jesus. If he was that special, and he's even God, thanks be to God, then we have to do what he said we should do. So it's not about praising him, honoring him, it's about doing what, what he said we should do. If you are in Takradi, look for a three mission in the Naji Estates, the three mission signboard there, and start shipping with them. If you're in UK, I shall soon be there. His grace blessing, June 5th, I may leave Ghana and be with you for your 35th anniversary in the Ethereum Mission branch in UK is in the 58 Gold Range Park Avenue, Mitcham, Surrey. The postcode is CR42DG. And the phone number there is 020-8646-6129. And if you are in Kumase, hmm, get ready, His Grace Blessing. Saturday, we will be there at the Doom Kumase. There's need conference hall at Edom Kumasi for the launch of the Kumasi branch. And the following day, we shall continue service at the Deva Court Hotel at Adiambra behind Dr. Badu. So make a date with us this coming 
Saturday, 11 a.m. prompt. I am wishing to see you. I'm hoping to see you. So we discover the living Jesus in greater detail. You can ask your questions and we will support you. Enlightenment is come to you. Jesus said, I must go to the other cities and teach them of the kingdom of heaven. To this end, I was sent. I'm sent to come and teach Jesus. I'm here to teach you the living Jesus that had been battered and used to dupe people. The name Jesus used to keep people in ignorance, blind them in fear. I've come to give you the true living Jesus and his salvation. And the phone lines will now be opened for you to ask your questions and bring your contributions so that we grow together. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much, Brother Ishmael, as always, for another wonderful message given to us on Jesus the Christ. Lines are now open for your questions and your contributions. I know this is a very uh, touching, delicate, very important topic. Uh, because as he said earlier, as he began, the name Jesus uh, has been used for several reasons. For business reasons. Uh, for keeping people in ignorance and many more so when you mention the name Jesus it comes with a whole lot he's said his bit this is the moment you have the chance to ask your questions or to pass on your contribution as well so if you are within the United Kingdom 0208 zero zero four four two zero eight one double four eight one eight zero for the very ones in the united states and canada three one five six three six four zero six three three one five six three six four zero six three the skype a twenty four radio all together a twenty four radio a k w a n t u f u o r a d i o a twenty four radio and for the very ones who want to go by the popular option that is the whatsapp or the text version it's zero zero four four seven four four zero seven four five two double four zero zero four four seven four four zero seven four five two double four jesus is the christ one thing uh, that is still stuck on my mind in what he said to us today is to believe in Jesus is to be and live like Jesus. To believe in Jesus is to be and live like Jesus. The, the, the ultimate or the multi-million dollar question is you say you believe in Jesus. Are you living or are you being like him? That's a multi-million dollar question and I hope from today we start asking ourselves that very question and then uh, finding answers to that as well. Brother Ishmael. I'm right here. Excellent. We have Linda asking a very important question here, but I think um, you, 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 you addressed it somewhere um, in your submission. She, she's asking... If your church doesn't teach or demonstrate oneness or wholeness, is it right to leave? Is it right to leave? Over to you, Brother Ishmael. 
If your church doesn't teach or demonstrate money, is it right to what leave? Yes, to leave, to leave the church. If your church, yes, if your church does not teach or demonstrate oneness, then that church is not of Jesus. If Christianity is founded on Jesus, then you must follow the to-dos of Jesus that I have read to you from the Bible. And the to-dos include oneness as the will of God, as the primary will of God, that not all those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who do the will, when they ask him the will, it's oneness. So if your church does not demonstrate or practice oneness, leave that church. Those who are committing the crime in um, terrorism and so on believe they are doing something good. But because they've not embraced oneness, you see, it's all about my version is the right one. Your version is the right one. Come to the team mission, we embrace everyone. Be a Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist. We even have every two years a program of us bringing all religions together, and we all worship the one God together. That's our little effort to demonstrate Jesus' oneness. So leave them. Yes, that is what you should do. All right. I know it's going to be very tough for many people to take that very, uh, I will call it a leap of enlightenment. Uh-huh. It will be very difficult for many, <laughs> I love that. Ma- ma- many people to take that leap. Uh, you may have been accustomed to the environment, the people of, over there, and um, you living is also another hurdle that you would have to jump. It's understandable, but try it. And when you do, you will then realize there is something sweeter than honey. But Ishmo, some few questions here yes. via the whatsapp line very very interesting questions that i have here so i'll take them i'll try and take them in bits and then you can address them nicely uh the first one i have here uh is from um, aaron uh, aaron in accra adebayo converts from christianity to islam why is it that when Muslims convert to Christianity, Tyrians are agitated, but when Christians convert to Islam or any other faith, Tyrians celebrate? You call yourself a Jesus Christianity? That is Aaron, um, from Aaron in Accra. And I, I have um, Mary Coleman. Uh, Mary is saying, your pastor, Mr. Ishmael, is a good man, but his message sometimes lacks the Christian foundation teachings. This makes me doubt him. Is he not a disguised antichrist? That is the second round from Mary Coleman. And I will read the third one from Pastor Manuel, Manuel uh, Zoe Embassy Ministries in Accra. Mm-hmm. And then um, Pastor has a very long one. My dear young man, from your writings and postings, I believe that you are either an Ethereum or you are in the process of becoming one. I'm not against your choice of worship. However, my caution to you is that don't think the purported message of Christ's love that the Ethereans constantly boast about, according to Brother Ishmael, is the main pillar of the true gospel. Rather, the true gospel is in believing and accepting the Lordship of Christ and as the way to your salvation. Salvation is in Christ Jesus. This is the first step to true salvation before any other thing. People have expressed hell, people have experienced hell and heaven 
in Revelations, and these were those who once condemned the Christian faith, and after the Revelations, they are now the preachers of the same Jesus they fought against. Please think and rethink that you came into this world alone, and that you will live here alone. Don't allow your strange belief to pull you away from the foundation of God in Christ Jesus. That is from Pastor Manuel Zoe Embezi, also in Accra. Over to you, Brother Ishmael. Thank you very much. In fact, I'm really wondering whether any of these people are real Christians themselves. Because I have taught you what Jesus said we should do. And you are asking that you are an Ethereum or becoming an Ethereum. I am an Ethereum. And I'm the founder leader of Ethereum Mission, the Church for Spiritual Empowerment. Once upon a time, I used to be probably uh, less awakened as now. But when I discovered the living Jesus and discovered that, it's not just the mere pronunciation that Jesus is Lord, Lord, Lord. Because that's what Jesus himself said in the book of Matthew 7, 20. Matthew 7, 21 to 23, he said, not all those who said, Lord, Lord. So why are you saying that we must go back to Lord, Lord in, this, in honoring the Lordship of Jesus? Meaning we have to say, Lord, Lord. Is that all? Jesus saying that is not enough. And I'll read it unto you. So go and read what Jesus said. You see, sometimes we are so lazy to do Jesus. So you want like a shortcut. Oh, just say, Lord, Lord, and then you are pardoned. By who? Don't make a mistake. Scripture is very clear, Galatians uh, 6, 7. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man shall sow, so shall he reap. So there's a doing. And I've told you clearly what Jesus said. The commandment, he said, you have to do this. If you love me, you have to do this. So Pastor Emmanuel of Zoe, <laughs> why don't you focus on what Jesus said we should do? Then just pronounce his name, Lord, Lord, and then you believe you are saved. We Ethereans don't just say, Lord, Lord, believe me, we, uh, we, should, we will be saved. We Ethereans, and Ethereum simply means heaven. So Ethereum mission means heavenly mission. So we of the heavenly mission, we believe we must do our best to practice what Jesus said we should do. Loving even the enemy, we do. We have time, we bless the world. Because only accursed people will curse their enemies. And I've read you several quotes in the Bible telling you that cursing enemies are, is wrong, it's evil. So, Pastor Zoe, you better wake up, Emmanuel. Eh? You have to wake up and start teaching your people something good. Else, let me tell you and warn you, you are going to be bound to everybody you are misleading. I'm teaching you the gospel of the living Jesus. Not the Jesus used to manipulate people. I'm giving you the true Jesus Else, I'm warning you, you are going to be bound to them until they are, they are freed. Please wake up. I have come to give you life. So everything said has come from Scripture. So what are you trying to fight against? And then Mary Coleman, <laughs> you say it lacks Christian teaching. I'm wondering what then is Christian teaching. Maybe your Christian teaching is that praise the name Jesus Jesus is Lord, he's the champion, and that's what most people do. That amounts to nothing, unless you do. According to Jesus, and I've quoted you, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 
So if you just come and say, Jesus, we love you, that is syncophancy. That is hypocrisy. Spiritual hypocrisy. So I've come to free you from that and give you the quotes so I will really uh, uh, entreat you to download this so you can get all the quotes and check the facts. That Jesus gave us some to-dos. When you do this, then you are my disciple. When you do that, then you are my friend. It is the doing. So in Ethereum mission, our focus is on the doing. So we don't go just lip service, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is, uh, is Lord. And so what? If he's Lord, what did the Lord say we should do? We don't go just promoting Jesus, he is God, he is God. And then what? If he's God, what did he say we should do? So we are so much interested in praising the teacher. You see, it's like you going to the examination hall and praising your teacher, hoping that you will pass the physics. Beloved, it's blindness. It is blindness. Maybe some time ago I used to be like you and I'm now awoken. So you will also wake up eventually. I will really encourage you, let's just keep reasoning together on this platform and you will get it. But for you to get it, please download, get all of the quotations, and then verify them. So I choose not to speak of myself, but to speak of what Jesus said in Scripture. And sometimes, you know, it challenges people. It makes them feel shaking. It's like, let me defend myself in some way. And instead of defending and showing what did Jesus say, which is contrary to what I have said, they will only make blank statements that, oh, you are maybe not with Jesus. Maybe, what the, have I said which Jesus did not say? All I've said are the things that Jesus said. So what is the problem here? Many don't read their Bible. I encourage you, read your Bible and not just listen to what pastors say. It's not about sensationalism, going to praise Jesus like some uh, ceremonial God, uh, sky God. You go and sing and dance to entertain him and praise him. And then you go home with the anger, the hate, the fear, the jealousy. No. You are being deceived. You are lost. You better wake up. And Aaron talks about when Christians convert to Islam, then Ethereans are happy. And when Muslims convert to Islam, we are not happy. I don't know about that. We have never done, done that. I don't know where you get that from. So Aaron, I don't know where you got that from. We do not care about Islam or Christianity. They are labels. We care about if you are a Muslim, demonstrate the Islamic peace that I will see and appreciate your religion. If you are a Christian, demonstrate the Jesus love that I will see. So I will glorify your religion. So that's the way we go as Ethereans. I've never, I don't know where you got that from. And you said something that um, if you have to leave your, your church, it's like a leap of enlightenment. And that's what we all have to do. And Jesus in his word said, who comes after me and does not hate his mother and father, brother, sister, in his own flesh. In other words, when you, truth hits you, nothing can stop you. Allow your attachment to friends, parents, or anything to stop you from your Christ then. Because at the end of your day, hmm, you are alone. Your cultivated soul is all you have. Are you a soul of love like Jesus? Are you in the Christ soul of love, peace, joy, wisdom? 
that is what you are going to have. Else, like Jesus said, even John the Baptist, who testified of Jesus, Jesus said he's the least in the kingdom. So if even John is the least, where would you be? Wake up, my beloved. I'm teaching you the living Jesus. So yes, it will be challenging for some people, but Jesus knew this, and that's why he said, <laughs> there's the broad gate and the narrow gate. And many people are in the broad gate that gives you to a broad way. And many are already on it that leads to destruction. The broad is the way, broad is the gate, and the uh, broad is the way, and many are already on it. Popular thinking. Everybody says this, so you are with it. Please start reasoning. Many Christians don't think. They just believe whatever a pastor tells them. A theory machine, we go beyond believing into thinking. Then we go even beyond thinking into surrendering to God, to spirit. And then we allow the thinking of God to come through us. Come to a theory mission and let's teach you how to truly surrender to the spirit of God. So Jesus is inviting you that don't let mother, father, brother, sister, whether you are pastor of that church or you are the, 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 uh, an elder in that church, at the end of your days, when you have exited this body, who is going to care whether you were an elder? It is the Christ spirit you have evolved. That is all you will have for you. Truly a time comes, we call it death. And you will realize that nothing in this world is yours except what you are. What are you? The Christ that you have evolved, that you have awakened to, is all you will have, my beloved. I'm here giving you life. When the Son of Man gives you life, it is life indeed. And the life I give you is the life that was in Christ Jesus, in Jesus the Christ, for you. So, go through the to-dos and start doing Jesus. Whether he is Lord, whether he healed the sick, raised the dead, I've given you all the history so you know it now. All those confirm we must therefore do what he said. And I'm challenging you. Are you doing what he said we should do? Are you loving your enemies, blessing your enemies, or cursing them? You are evil. You are lost. Only evil doers want evil for evil people. So when I, do, when I share this, those who bind the devils and so on, they become shaken. It's like, let me now pass something. You can't free yourself because now you know the truth. You better wake up. I believe I've supported them. Yes, I believe, I believe so. I believe you have certainly supported them. Um, I have um, this one from um, Nanekuya. Nanekuya is asking, what makes your pastor think that there is no heaven and no hell? These conscious people will kill us. These conscious people <laughs> will kill us. But Ishmael, uh, a little bit on that and then we can round up nicely. I think our time is fast spent. So a little bit on that and we can round up nicely. Oh, thank you so much, Namekwa. Today, I believe, Namekwa, I've spoken about the heaven. When Jesus talked about heaven. But people, when they talk about heaven, they think it's a place somewhere. If it's a place, it is a place in spirit. We have known the vastness of the universe. Is it in the moon or on Pluto or on Neptune? Or is it on another galaxy, that heaven? God is vast. Please watch the video, Awesome God. And you will know how vast God is. 
So if God is such a vast, is such vast spirit, as Jesus said, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit. It means we must be conscious of who and what we are as spirit. And not live unconsciously. So these conscious people, we won't kill you. We are rather waking you up. We are telling you, be conscious. Many are actually asleep. But when you come to a TV machine, you will know, for example, how to activate the love or the peace, go to the peace world. Consciously start experiencing you in the peace world or in the joy world. Have you not experienced that before? Where you are in joy and it's as though you are in heaven. It's like your joy just keeps growing day after day. Have you not experienced that before? Beloved, if you don't experience heaven now, you won't die and wake up in, in heaven. Nobody will leave. You don't understand uh, biology. And you wake up now understanding biology. So if you don't know your mathematics, you won't wake up understanding it. So start experiencing heaven here and now. Then when you do your body, you will be in heaven wells. So that's why we are very conscious. We are truly conscious people. We are not a group of the unconscious people who don't know what they are about. And we come to wake you up to be conscious that indwelling you is the full power presence of God. Jesus was a conscious master and teacher. And he has taught you that the kingdom of God is within you. Do you agree with him? Then wake up to it. When you wake up to it, when you become aware of it, then you begin to express it. If you are not conscious that the kingdom of God is within you, you cannot express it. It's like having a, a million-dollar check in your pocket, and you don't know it's a million-dollar check. So you will sit by the roadside begging for arms, because you are unconscious of the value of the paper in your pocket. So when you are unconscious of the value of your soul, you will continue to wallow in ignorance and be manipulated by pastors. But when you become conscious, as Jesus is inviting you, to be conscious that indwelling you is the kingdom of God, and you become conscious of it, you will now be asking you, what is the kingdom of God within me like? What kingdom spirit is seeking to express through me today? Galatians 5, 22 to 24 tells you that the fruit of the spirit is peace, love, joy, and so on. Which quality spirit of God in God's kingdom within me must express as my life today? And then... You meditate on this night and day, and that spirit of God starts expressing as you. Please observe that the facts are clear. We have been hypnotized in Africa, and that's why we are still sinking. And I have come to give you life. Please wake up, look for a Jesus Christianity church, like a theory mission to fellowship with. In Ghana, we are located in Sakaman, South Udoko, next to the Goyal Feeling Station. Our phone numbers are 264 177 633 and 0548-177-633. There are also our mobile money numbers if you want to donate to support this master work. And also there are our WhatsApp lines. So if you want to be part of our WhatsApp platforms, you can write a request to be put on the platforms and you receive our weekly lessons. So you begin to grow your Christ, spirit, and essence.
For those of you in London, please get ready for me. His grace blessing, June. I will be there for your 35th, for the 35th anniversary of the UK branch, located in Mitcham, 58 Gold Ridge Park Avenue in Mitcham, Surrey. The postcode is CR42DG. And the phone number there is 020-8646-6129. That's 020-8646-6129. And if you are in Takradi, please look for the Ethereum Mission uh, signboard in the Nanji Estates and start growing your soul. And uh, if you are in Kumasi, if it's grace blessings, please, you're going to meet with us in Kumasi, Edum Kumasi, in the SNIT Conference Hall, Edum Kumasi, SNIT Conference Hall, Edum Kumasi, please meet with us there 11 a.m. on Saturday, SNIT Conference Hall, Edum Kumasi. When I speak, I believe something inside you feels that this is the power of God speaking. It's shaking the foundation of the hellish forces, the devilish forces, the demonic forces that are keeping you in fear, anger, hate, and manipulating you to hate your enemies. So some of them become a bit shaken. Come, and let's give you the power to conquer and be in true spiritual dominion. And let me tell you, those who bind their enemies and those who are binding their devils constantly, it's a sign that they have not found the truth. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. They've not found the truth, so they are, no, they are not free. That's why they are constantly binding their demons. And once again, let me tell you, it is easier to remove the poo instead of sucking the house flies. It's easier to cleanse your soul, as Jesus will want us to do, than constantly binding devils to run away from you. When you cleanse your soul by the processes are read to you, then, beloved, you truly Christ revealed. And then you can say you are a Christian. In other words, a Christian. Thank you so much for participating with me. From the soul of my soul, I love you so much. And I welcome you to your own spiritual growth and empowerment. You can feel the freedom and the joy in my soul. That's what experience are, forever free. So we have no quarrel with so-called demons. We are busily expressing Christ. Please wake up to your Christ spirit and express it. And from that place where Christ in you, the hope of all glory, Christ in you, the hope of peace, love, wisdom, and creativity, awakening to the Christ in you is the hope of every possibility of good in you, from that place of absolute beauty and power, God bless you. <sighs> What more can Papa Smiley say? What more can I say? Efua Santua is saying, Oh, Africa, hear your Savior speak. Brother Ishmael Tete is waking us up. Arise and be. Arise and be. That is from Efua Asantua. Uh, one thing that uh, have, has always been a concern to me is many Christians uh, believe without knowing and practicing what to be and live like as you said and um uh, when when you question the very ones who have been stuck uh, in a box of a particular way of doing things and you try to give them uh, the enlightenment uh, what usually happens is because they have felt their box is their world when you try to take them away from their box it's like it's like you're trying to 
give them something dangerous, something deadly, and they play defensive. So as Brother Ishmael said, uh, when they question you that or they say you are antichrist, you ask them, what exactly have you said that is against the teachings of Jesus Christ? Today, you've had the message that will truly set you free. Yes, the message that will truly set you free. Uh, if you have been continuously bi been binding the devil, as Brother Ishmael has just said now, it uh, is an indication that you are not free. You are not free. And it's easier to move the pool, clean the pool, than to move or drive the house fly out of the place. Thank you very much, Brother Ishmael, for this very wonderful message. And I believe uh, the many who have listened will be awakened to that radical truth that you always talk about. Uh, if uh, be me alone, I think uh, we, we would have possibly need, 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 we will possibly need an anchor uh, of more of the things Jesus said we should do. Uh, come Tuesday because uh, I think uh, that that will be very helpful when we know more of the things that he said we should do uh, and then um, put them the alongside coming Tuesday, uh -huh. coming Tuesday we're treating the law of karma reincarnation and liberation hmm. Hmm. so you will know truly some keys to true spiritual liberation please get it you are spirit being aren't you how much what do you know about you as spirit is your church teaching you what you are as spirit? If not, you are lost. We are spirit beings. Without spirit, you can't wave a hand, a finger. What is the law of, the, of, of spirit? We are truly enlightened ministry in a three mission. We are willing to really help you also wake up to the laws of your spirit. So get ready. Coming to you Tuesday. Within it, you of course learn a few of the to-dos of Jesus. And why he has to. As law. Thank you. <laughs> thank you thank you very much brother ishmael and then uh we hope come tuesday it is going to be another powerhouse but remember when you are set free by such messages then truly you are free have a very good evening brother ishmael and we come again on tuesday bye 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 thank you Yourself. You are the all-consuming fire. I will.